Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, continuing this week my Faces of Fascism series, a series that looks into the leaders of the right-wing movements internationally. Today, I am talking about a guy named Emery Andrew Tate III, aka Andrew Tate, a former professional kickboxer and famous online misogynist influencer. Tate was born in 1986 in Washington, D.C., to an English woman and an American, that is a U.S. citizen, named Emery Andrew Tate Jr. Andrew Tate uses his middle name to differentiate himself from his father and also presumably to avoid being known as Emery. Emery Tate Jr., Andrew Tate's father, was an African-American professional chess player and coach with a reputation for being a brilliant chess strategist. Andrew Tate and his brother and their mother moved to the United Kingdom in the 1990s after their parents' divorce. Andrew Tate began kickboxing at the age of 19 and then became a professional in the mid-2000s. By 2019, Tate was ranked number one in his division, which was variously called cruiserweight or light heavyweight, in Europe. He had an extremely successful career. However, that is not a particularly sustainable career path for somebody. You know, you can't stay a professional kickboxer forever. And so Tate decided that he was going to use his fame, use his power and influence as a kickboxer in order to increase his power socially, right? That's, that, that's, that's his whole life goal. That's his whole life trajectory. This period of time in the mid-2010s is also when Tate first ran into the legal repercussions of his particular life goals. In 2015, the British police started an investigation into two separate rape charges against Tate, both of which were later dropped four years later by the police due to a lack of sufficient evidence to convict Andrew Tate. Tate was launched into the public eye in the mid-2010s by an appearance on the British version of Big Brother in 2016. Andrew Tate was 29 years old at the time. He was quickly removed from the show, if you're not familiar with how the show works. It's, you know, your standard reality show format with contestants being gradually removed until eventually only one of them is the winner. Big Brother is just a sort of like reason for there to be a bunch of drama type show. Like there aren't particular things or reasons that anybody gets eliminated. They just get eliminated by consensus, right? Tate was removed essentially because of stuff that would later become standard for how he behaved and reasons that he has been canceled and faced prosecution otherwise. Specifically, he made openly homophobic and racist comments online. And also during the shooting of Big Brother, a video emerged of him hitting a woman with a belt although he and apparently also the woman claimed that this was a consensual act between the two of them. However, this controversy, and even the controversy that got him kicked off of the show, launched his stardom. Immediately after his leaving the show, Tate and his brother moved to Romania. He, he himself admits that it is for two reasons. The first is that he thinks it would be easier to bribe Romanian police officers than it would be to bribe UK police officers. And the second is that he thinks that Romania has more lax laws about sexual assault. Remember, by this point, he had already been accused of rape. 
While legally residing in Romania and jet-setting around the world in the mid-2010s, Tate and his associate, again primarily his brother, built an online influencer empire founded on a combination of pyramid schemes and misogynistic messaging, and that remained Tate's bread and butter up until last year. One of these online schemes was a scamming system that employed women that Tate described as his quote-unquote girlfriends, although exactly what that means to Andrew Tate will become apparent later in this episode. The scamming system employed these women to pretend to be in dire straits and to get in touch with men that they thought that they could manipulate online. They would tell what Tate has himself described as quote-unquote fake sob stories in order to get money from these men. This he has described as just like an open scam. He's just like, yeah, it was a scam. We scammed people for money. He claims that they made millions of dollars doing this. The other scam, which is a more straightforwardly pyramid scheme, was called Hustlers University, a pyramid scheme based on the premise that Tate and his associates would tell the members of the quote-unquote university about ways that they could easily make money online. You know, crypto, ghostwriting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, just a standard sort of set of get-rich-quick schemes. And, of course, one of the other ways that you could get ahead and supposedly make money via Hustlers University is by getting other people to join. Because, of course, you have to pay to be a member of this premium service telling you about ways that you can make money. You have to pay $50 a month. This is a pretty standard pyramid scheme, right? Tate, at the top, is getting a bunch of people to join. If those people get people to join, then they get some kickbacks in terms of money, but really all the money funnels up to Tate and his associates themselves. His online popularity exploded in 2022 when he got the members of this community, who again paid money in order to be in it, he got these members of this community to promote him online. That was one of their tasks for a while, and this resulted in a massive upswing in his popularity on common messaging and video sharing apps like Instagram and TikTok. This is possibly where you've encountered Andrew Tate, and it's also where a lot of young people started to really seriously encounter him. He had long been a presence online, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, but in 2022, this popularity exploded. Even, even earlier than that, though, in the 2010s, Tate had built a brand for himself as a misogynist and libertarian right-wing influencer somebody who believed and claimed that women were always lying about their experiences, right? He would claim that sexual assault was a fake crime. He would claim that women shouldn't be allowed to drive, that women were the property of the men in their lives. He said that women shouldn't be allowed to vote. He's also one of those people who says that women are sort of undesirable and that he wouldn't want to be with them after they're in their 20s. Tate, of course, also ignores and is opposed to most queer relationships and queer identities. He believes that those people are faking it, uh, and he just believes in sort of standard gender essentialism. Tate became extremely famous online and ended up appearing on Infowars and a bunch of other podcasts and, you know, little news bits and, you know, other people's channels and whatever. He was friends specifically with a bunch of the early Manosphere people, like Mike Cernovich or Paul Joseph Watson, both of which are important figures in the development of the mid-2010s right-wing universe that would eventually produce the alt-right in the United States. Tate's specific take on these things, however, is very important, right? There are a lot of right-wing influencers 
who say misogynistic things and who promote rape culture and who talk to men about how to get women to sleep with them and all that sort of thing. That There's a lot of that out there. What Tate specifically added to this, this recipe was his own ostentatious lifestyle, right? He would talk about and show off his cars and his mansions and his, you know, many beautiful quote-unquote girlfriends. Again, more on that later. But vitally, he combined this ostentatiousness and he combined all of this grifting about ways to make money and ways to get ahead with sympathy, empathy, and pity for young men. Specifically, this was sort of like it was like in measure with his distaste for young women. He showed serious and, and apparently earnest pity towards young men who he said, you know, aren't attractive enough or rich enough or successful enough to get women to find them desirable. He would also specifically tell these men that women will never understand their struggles, right? That women could just go out and sleep with anybody, but, but a man can't, right? And he holds this up as sort of this this differentiating and special problem that young men have to deal with. This has made him hugely popular among men in the United States and the United Kingdom and the other English-speaking countries in the world, and especially among young men who identify with him as a, as a sort of like ostentatious dude. You know, he, like Donald Trump, is a sort of like poor person's idea about what a rich person does. You know, they, they, they buy big expensive cars and big expensive mansions and don't really plan for the future or anything like that, right? But his brand was organized around a disdain for women and a, a special like pity and, and, and place of sympathy for men who didn't think that they were good enough. And that particular recipe was extremely potent and extremely interesting and extremely attractive, especially for teenage boys who were his main followers online. I'm telling you, if you know a teenage boy, a, a young man who is in middle school or high school, there is a serious chance that he has encountered Andrew Tate's ideas or Andrew Tate's messages or videos or other content, either on his own or through his friends. And it's also very possible that he would say, like, Andrew Tate really gets me. He really understands the struggle that I'm experiencing. You know, I want all the stuff that he has, and he's telling me why I don't have it and why it's unfair and all that sort of stuff, right? This is standard manosphere stuff, but Tate did it in a very effective way, right? He, he blended the sympathy and this misogynist hatred extremely well. However, of course, not all was hunky-dory for Tate himself in his online presence. He has been ultimately banned from almost all social media platforms for expressing his openly racist and openly misogynist and openly promoting sexual assault views. He was eventually reinstated on Twitter in 2022 after Elon Musk bought it, but this has been too little too late. Tate's place on the internet has really been tarnished. And this, of course, was seriously worsened for him last year, at the end of last year, when in December of 2022, he and his brother were arrested in Romania for human trafficking. What happened was that two women, whom Tate would have described as his quote-unquote girlfriends, one of them a Romanian citizen and one a citizen of the United States, came to the United States Embassy in Bucharest, the capital of Romania, to tell embassy officials that they were being held against their will. In other words, that Tate had trafficked them. Their allegations, and it, this appears to be what Tate had done with several women, and this, this isn't just him, it's also his brother, that they 
would lure women in, promising to be their boyfriend, but then they would confiscate their papers or make it impossible for them to leave in some other capacity, and then pressure them into doing work for him, right? Appearing in his content or participating in some of these schemes for him. That is essentially his plan, is that he capitalizes on the appearance and labor of women that he has trapped in his homes. After his arrest, the Romanian police seized a bunch of his stuff, including 10 of his properties, like his homes, his mansions, and also 15 big expensive cars and also a bunch of money and a bunch of, you know, jewelry and stuff, you know, like that, 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 that thing that he said about them being easy to bribe, but, you know, I guess that kind of cuts both rays, right, Mr. Tate? Women and judges involved in these allegations have faced serious online harassment claims from Tate fans as a result of their prosecution of him, because, of course, his fans are extremely rabid and are saying, like, you know, he didn't do anything or, like, this is just evidence of exactly what he says, you know, that, that the world is organized against men and that their desire for women is very normal and that, like, he's just behaving in a normal way and that he wasn't, you know engaged in clearly illegal human trafficking activity, not just in Romania, but also in multiple other countries in the world. Tate is still awaiting trial after having been denied bail several times, because again, he's rich. He could post bail and try to get out. And, you know, again, this is another example of his brags about being able to bribe Romanian officials not really working out. He is still awaiting trial, but his influence on the right wing, and especially his influence on young men, has not gone away. Tate remains an extremely important and extremely influential figure, especially among young men who see in his prosecution their own persecution. And it's only with a lot of serious work in the politics and lives of young people, not just young men, but young people in general, that we will be able to prevent people like Tate from becoming as popular as Tate himself is today. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out and all one word. That's also where you can reach me on Gmail, 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at hist of the right, that's H-I-S-T of the right, and fascism15. Thanks very much, and I'll talk to you next time.